Happy Easter. Uh, that song really, oof, that hits harder than I thought it was going to hit. Let's just, let's pray. That's the only way to open after that. Jesus, we come before you in this moment, and man, we just, we, everything, every distraction, everything pulling at us in this world, we, we lay it all down in this moment. We push pause on everything in our life to remember who you are, to remember that you're king. I pray that we come into this moment and that our eyes and our ears would be open to what you want to say to us, that our hearts would be ready to receive what your word has for us today. God, let it be your words. Take away anything you don't want me to say. Give me your words to speak to your people today. And I, I pray that we would remember who you are and what you've done in this moment. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Man, it's a, uh, gosh, it's Easter. Like, it, we, we want to celebrate, but there's also that moment, too, when we remember Friday. And we remember what happened to him on Friday. And so there's a little bit of that solemnness that goes with the celebration. There's the wreckage that goes with the celebration. And that's life, right? Like we, when you are on, we've been in this series called The Road, and we started this series for Easter. When you are on this road in life, it's not smooth, right? Like when you are driving along in life, you want it to be smooth. You want to hit cruise control, and you want to just go. Like I love cruise control. I fell in love with cruise control because in high school, I, uh, I had to do with a, uh, I had to take like a, a stop class because I had too many uh, speeding tickets. And so uh, I, I, I was losing a lot of money to speeding tickets. And uh, eventually I just realized, oh, if I just hit cruise, I don't have to worry about this heavy foot of mine. And so I started doing that, like in town, out of town, it didn't matter. Maybe some of you car people are like, wow, you shouldn't be doing cruise that much. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but is that bad for your car? Any car people in here? Okay, my cars are still running, so it must be okay. Um, but I, I just had to start setting it on cruise all the time because otherwise I was just, you know, I was just going. And I, I love cruise. It's smooth. It's effortless. I don't have to think about it. And that's how we want life. Like this road through life, we want to put it on cruise control, but it doesn't look like that, right? Like you know, like some of you in here today, you're coming in and and you've been in a wreck this week. Something happened, something got thrown at you that you didn't expect, you didn't see coming, and you're here today, and maybe you're even a little mad at God, and that's okay. Like, like you're here today, and you're kind of thinking, you know what, I, I don't know if I even like this God, if there is a God, because guess what? My life doesn't look the way I want it to look. It doesn't look the way I thought it would look coming into this moment today. Is he really good? Does he really love me? Does he really care about me? I don't think he does, and I don't believe that, because if he did, this wouldn't have happened. Fill in the blank. We've all got those. Fill in that blank. This wreck, this mess, this disaster, whatever it is, it wouldn't be here. The road should be smooth. It shouldn't look like this. I, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I loved it, and one of my favorite things was going on youth trips. And so uh, there's a few years there where we did this youth trip to South Dakota. We'd go out to a, to a reservation, and we would work with the people there all week, and at the end of the week, I'd always hype this up to the kids. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard there's great places to do cliff diving. We're going to go find a place to do cliff diving. And so, you know, I, in my head, like looking back on it, like I, I thought, you know, I was really an expert at planning youth trips. That was like, man, I was so good at it. You know, I, 
Maybe some of you, you know, I got former students in here. Maybe some of you are like, he wasn't that good at it. I don't know. Uh, I, in my head, I thought, I have a plan. I got all these fun things we're going to do, and we're also going to have, you know, great moments, too, of ministry. It, it's going to be a little bit of everything. And so I had this whole plan that at the end of the week, we were going to go uh, to this little place uh, near Rapid City, and I'd heard about it, and you can do, like, cliff diving here. And I'm like, all right, our, our kids will love that. They're all hyped about it. They're pumped. And so we go, and, and this road that you have to take up there, it is, uh, it, it's not a paved road. It is a dirt road, and there had been some rain that week, and so we kind of are easing our way up here, and, you know, the kids are kind of looking like, wow, this is a little sketchy, uh, and, and so we get up here to this one point, and, and I probably should have known I, I should turn back here, but I didn't, because there was already this truck stuck in this, like, little, like, ditch of mud right here, and, and I thought, oh, okay, so, we, you know, this will be another chance for our mission trip kids to serve, so we helped, we got out, we pushed this truck out of the mud, they got going, but in the process, they made that pit that we were about to drive through even worse. And so I was thinking, hey, we're in this big 15-passenger van. We can go through anything. Uh, we could not go through anything. Uh, we, we got stuck. And when I say stuck, I'm saying like the mud was like up above the tires. Like it was bad. And so we're out there now. We're trying to get us out. Nobody, you know, the last car had just left. Nobody's up there to help us we're like, we're dead in the water right here. And this trip is not going the way I wanted it to go. It does not look the way I wanted it to look. And so eventually there was one other car that was leaving and Andrew, he was with me on this trip and this other, you know, college age kid, they hopped a ride, they hitchhiked with these people back to town to, you know, find somebody to come help us, help, you know, tow us out because we were so stuck. And they get back to town and they're covered in mud and you know, they're like, they get dropped off at like the center of town at this park. And they're like, well, we need to clean off before we do anything. And so there's like a fountain at this park and there's kids playing. And so here's Andrew and this other guy, Trevor, just like showering off in the fountain, getting all the mud cleaned off. All the kids and families leave. Like they're like, they're scared. They don't know what's going on. These muddy homeless looking guys are just like ruining the park for everyone. And, and so, I, I mean, that trip, like I, that whole day, I was just like, I hate everything. This is the worst. This is the worst. You know, just like, I mean, just mad because it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. And finally, you know, we get a tow truck out there. They get us out and, you know, it's, you know, it's getting dark out. We're like, all right, sorry, cliff jumping's not happening. None of that fun stuff that we had planned. We get back to town. We find our, you know, friends all freshly cleaned and we, you know, find a, a local YMCA where kids can go and get cleaned up from all the mud from trying to push the van out. And, and we just like, we go in and we find this little ice cream place and, it, you know, it's getting dark out and there's the, these cool little lights like this hanging over and we're all just sitting there outside and, and people start kind of telling jokes and sharing stories and just about the week and everything that had happened. And, and I still look back and I realize, man, even like that moment there, that memory of the misery that we went through, but we shared it together and when you look back at that moment under the lights, sharing ice cream and food together, that's one of my favorite moments in ministry. Like that moment was special because he brought something good out of the misery. He brought something good out of the wreckage. That is what God does. He brings something good out of the wreckage in our lives. We don't see it in the moment because we're too close to it. We can't feel it. We can't sense it. We, we completely miss it in the moment. 
But when you start to look back on life, you can see those moments. When you look back at every moment that you thought your life was wrecked, you thought your life was ruined, you thought this was disaster, you can look back on it and know, man, he was still with me, walking right beside me. That's the story of the road when you walk with Jesus. When you walk with him, we walk in confidence knowing that he's already made a way where it looks like there is no way. He's already provided the way. And so that's what we put our faith and our hope in on this day. When we look at the misery and the wreckage of Friday and what happened to Jesus, those disciples, they thought, that's it. This is it. This is over. This is done. That's the end of the story. This guy that we put all of our faith and hope and trust in, he is dead and buried in the tomb, embarrassed and shamed upon the cross. This ends here. But when it looks like there's no way, that is when he's making a new way. That's what he's doing. That is the road. Look at Luke 24. Luke 24, it's after the resurrection. And I love this story because after the resurrection, uh, there's rumors of what's happened. The, a couple of the women uh, from the group, they've gone to the tomb and they said, hey, the tomb's empty. Like, he's not there anymore. And so there's a little bit, like, just like maybe a tiny little bit of hope in some of these people, but they still are in despair. They still don't quite believe it yet, especially the ones that haven't seen him with their own eyes yet. They're having a hard time believing this. Chapter 24, verse 13. That same day, this is on Sunday, that same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. They're walking this road, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. You know, Jesus, he's funny, he's coy. Uh, The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back to an amazing report, with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. Once again, Jesus is funny. He's like, I'm just going to keep going here, you know. But they begged him. They said, stay the night with us. 
since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. At that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? We, we called this series The Road because this word, in the Greek language, when they were writing out Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all, all these books that we have today, the word that they originally used was hodos. It's a fun word. We like saying it here these past few weeks. I, you know, I, we got a lot of new people. It's Easter here. We're, we're going to help you. We're going to teach you Greek today. That's what we've been learning. On the count of three, we're all going to say hodos. Everybody ready? One, two, three. Hodos. All right, there you go. Uh, you now know Greek. You can go to Bible college. You're ready. Okay? So hodos is the way. It's the path. It's the road. It's the journey. That was how it was used. Okay? And so they were on this road walking with Jesus, and they didn't recognize the fact that he was walking right beside them. In their moment of despair, in their moment of hopelessness, he was still there. They just didn't recognize him until later on. In your darkest moments, here you go, God's got a word for you right here. God has got this word for you right here. In your darkest moments, in the loneliest times, you may not feel him, you may not see him, you may not sense his presence, but he is still there walking beside you. He's still there whispering. That's another thing we talked about last week. I'll, let me catch you up on this. We look for God in the miraculous. We look for him in the big and the mighty and the powerful ways. But he comes in a whisper and we don't recognize the whisper because we live in a loud world. We live in a world of distractions. We live in a world that is constantly pulling at our attention. And so we miss the whisper because we refuse to sit in silence and solitude to try and hear his voice in our lives. He still speaks. He still wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak in a new way. He wants to speak in ways that you never thought possible before. He wants to draw close to you, like on the road to Emmaus, close in a way that you never thought was possible. I, I think there's a lot of us in here today that we thought, man, at one time, this is as close as I can get to God. This is just it. This is how my faith is going to be the rest of my life. You need to know there are new levels. He wants to go in your relationship to him. He doesn't want to just stop right here at stage one. A lot of us, we step into stage one because we hear about the salvation, right? We hear, repent and be baptized. Make him your Lord and Savior. And we think, that sounds great. I want a Savior. And so we say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll be baptized. and I'll step into that relationship with him. But that's where the relationship ends. That is like getting married and then saying, hey, we're going to live two separate lives. You live over here. You live over here. And, and you know, it, it's great. We're married now, uh, but I don't really want to talk to you the rest of my life. That's what most of us do with our faith. In fact, a lot of us, this is what we do. We, we come back and we celebrate our anniversary, right? We celebrate the, the special dates with that person we love. All right, let's celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Easter. But if that's you today, that's okay. We're glad you're here. But he wants more with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know that he loves you and is walking with you, even in those valleys when you feel most alone and hopeless. Like there is no way. There's still a way. 
He's making new ways every day. And he comes in a whisper. And so what I would tell you today is take a moment this week where you turn off the phone, you turn off the TV. If you got kids, send them outside to play. Find a place where you can sit in the stillness and silence alone with him and begin to listen, and you'll hear that whisper. He is speaking to you, and he wants to speak and draw near in those new ways in your life today. Matthew 21. Go back a little bit. If you're in Luke with me, we're going back here. Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 6. The two disciples, this is before the crucifixion, okay? The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. Jesus had told them, hey, I got a little mission for you. They, they, they had to go get this donkey. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is what we thought the road would look like. This is what everyone who followed Jesus, they thought this was the road everything was leading up to. Shouting, Hosanna. He's the King of Kings, the Messiah, the one who is foretold. He is here now. This is the road everyone was ready for. Nobody was ready for the road that came next. Now we're going to jump. Jump a little bit further here. Uh, uh, Luke. No, 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 no. Where is it here? John 14. Go to John 14. That same week, John 14, after he had entered in that week at the beginning, he has this moment with his disciples, and it's this solemn moment, and it's a little sad and a little bleak, and it's this moment where he wants to speak some words of encouragement to him. Chapter 14, verse 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. He knows what's ahead this week. He knows that Friday's coming. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I'm going. And you know the way, that's that word right there, way, hodos, road, you know the road. You know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the hodos, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, I don't have this up here, but I want to keep reading because this is good. Because once again, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me, or at least believe of the work you have seen me do. Even Philip, one of his disciples, these guys, they, they didn't see it in the moment when they were walking close to him. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it in the moment. Just like those disciples on the road to Emmaus, we miss it in the moment. That's why it's so important to look back on life, to look back at the wreckage, to look back at the dark moments, to look back at those times of defeat that you thought, man, this is where I lost everything. And when you start to look back later on, you start to see he was still with me and he was just making a better way than what I could have come up with because his ways are not my ways. His ways are above our ways. They hurt and they're hard in the moment and we miss it sometimes. But when you look back, that's where you build your faith. That's where faith comes from when you look back at the victories he brought through those darkest moments because I know I can go through every moment in my life and I, I'm confident to say this today. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. He does. But you have to remember, it's for those who love him. That means being obedient and still following him, even through the darkness, even through the times when it feels like he's far. He is still with you walking that road. other passage here. I want to go on just a little bit more. When it talks about the crucifixion, there's this moment. Holy Spirit just gave me this one. I don't have this one up here. But there's this moment where he's just taking his cross, him and these criminals, up to Golgotha. And that's where they're going to be hung on these crosses. They have to carry their own means of execution. And their hands and their, their feet, they're, they're nailed into these crosses and they're hung up here. And they're hung up, the way Rome did this, they were always hung up next to a road. They were always hung up next to a road so that people passing by would see. And Rome did this to, to create a sense of, fear in their people, to, to create a sense of power and control, to, to establish they were the authority. And so they would put them right on this road where it was likely many travelers would pass by and they would see what had happened to these criminals. And so here's Jesus, who's gone from the road with palm branches and people shouting Hosanna to now hung on the cross next to this road as passerbys come through and they yell and they scream and they throw stuff and they curse his name. The road doesn't always look the way we want it to look. We wanted him to come with a sword. We wanted him to come as the lion, but he came as the lamb. And they didn't understand it in the moment. But when they saw him, those travelers on the way to Emmaus, when they saw him pass the bread and their eyes were open, 
They knew in that moment, it all of, a started, all of a sudden started to click. The resurrection makes everything make sense. This world is broken. It's not the way God intended it, but he sent Jesus to set things back in order. Every moment that you've been through, every disaster, every wreckage of life, he's been with you the whole way, and he is setting things back in order. And we put our faith in that hope because we know this world is not the end. He's made a new way, a new path. They said that their hearts began to burn. Worship team, you guys can come up. Let's get ready to close it out here. They said their hearts began to burn. Jeremiah 23, 29. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces. He is the word. He's the word. He's the way. He's the whisper. John 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The word still burns today. Some of you, you know it. You feel it right now in this moment. You feel his word speaking truth into your life, calling you back. You've been on a different path. You've been on a different road. You've been there for a while and you've kind of forgotten what the other path looked like. Jesus said it, Matthew 7, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road, the hodos, the way is difficult and only a few ever find it. His word is speaking to you today. The Holy Spirit, he is moving and working today the same way he did then. He wants to draw you back. He wants to draw you back into his family. Listen to that whisper today. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Jesus himself, or John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everything, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize the way. They didn't recognize in the wreckage of what happened. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You have that right today. You have that right today. You can stand up as we get ready to worship here. Let's stand up for a moment. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human, and He made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He's resurrected. We are made new. Step into that today. Whatever you've seen, whatever you face, know that when you step into that faith and listening, man, the Holy Spirit is speaking in this moment. And the Holy Spirit, he, he is like water. And the water is wild. 
Let's sing about that in this moment. 